0: He has put him to grief. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Whenever we approach any scripture that depicts the sufferings of our Savior, we really need to stop and reflect and meditate upon the profound meaning of the words that we have just read. Isaiah 53 is holy ground. We feel like Moses that we ought to take our shoes off each time we look at it. What could that statement possibly mean? Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Does that mean that God delights in human suffering? Does that mean that he gets some kind of Statistic pleasure in seeing men tortured and murdered. Does that mean that God is some kind of tyrannical monster whose only pleasure is in other people's suffering, even to the extent of His own Son, not spared in pursuit of some perceived depraved desires? Obviously not. Not. Hardly. In fact, the Bible in Ezekiel 18 verse 32 in the authorized version says that God doesn't even have any pleasure in the death of even the wicked. And so it gives God no pleasure to see suffering. You see, for God to save the world For God to save you and to save me, he had a choice. And he had to choose either to allow sin to continue to hold men and women in bondage forever, throughout all eternity, or else he had to choose to allow his son, his only son, to come to this world, to die upon a cross and be a savior to take away the sins of this world and to deal with sin forever, eternally. That was God's choice. Either he could spare sin or he could spare his son, but he couldn't do both. It had to be one or the other. And as far as our lives were concerned, there was really only one choice that he could possibly make. Even though it meant the bruising of his own son. Even though it meant putting his own son to grief. And having made that choice, it pleased the Lord that he made that choice. He shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. Now, God was not pleased with the suffering of his son in the sense that he got some kind of perverse pleasure from seeing his only son suffer. But what he was pleased with was seeing what his son's suffering would accomplish for the world, for you and me specifically. That's what satisfied him. That's what pleased him. Even though it would be at great personal cost to both him and his only son. So it says when it, it pleased the Lord to bruise him, it means that God was pleased that what the bruising accomplished for you and for me, that's what he was pleased with, even though it cost him and his son everything. Now, part of that bruising, it tells us, was grief. Grief is mentioned three times in Isaiah 53. In verse 3, it says, He was a man of sorrows and acquainted With grief. In verse 4 it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And in verse 10 that we just read, he has put him to grief. Now, certainly, our Lord was very much acquainted with grief. There's no question that he saw the suffering of people. The Bible tells us, of course, that his dear friend, Lazarus, when he died, Scripture says that Jesus being at the tomb, that he groaned in spirit and he wept. When he saw what sin had done to the human race, he groaned in spirit and he wept. And in his humanity, remember, these were his... Dear close friends, and whenever he saw Mary and Martha and the despair and their personal grief etched on their face, this was up close and personal to Jesus. He knew these people well. He ate with them. He stayed in their home. And it broke his heart to see their pain, to see their hurt. Don't you think that it still grieves the heart of Christ when he sees man's pain and hurt in this life, when he sees man's inhumanity to man? Don't you think that it grieves the great heart of Christ when he sees that young couple who went on their honeymoon just a few days ago, they flew out together, and then they come back on the same flight together but this time she was in a coffin in the hold of a plane and his seat was empty beside him. Don't you think that grieved the heart of Christ? To see man's inhumanity to man, to see a young woman murdered for a few pounds? Don't you think it grieves Christ to see the wickedness and the cruelty of men and their heartlessness and their despicable deeds? If you and I are as human beings, if we're grieved, even at people that we do not even know, and it touches our hearts when we see it on television, how much more does it grieve the Son of God who loved this world and gave himself for it? Don't you think it grieves Christ? Don't you think he feels grief and pain and hurt when he sees the terrible abuse of children particularly by those who has been given a secret trust over their lives? Don't you think it grieves the heart of Christ when he sees the injustice to the victims of this world, where victims are being victimized? Don't you think it grieves the heart of Christ when he sees the abject poverty of millions who, when they get up in the morning, here are not thinking... What can I eat today? They're thinking, how can I eat today? How can I eat today? I have nothing. And let me have nothing for days. See, some people try to make out God as some kind of uncaring monster. But God feels the hurt and the injustice and the poverty. Don't you think it hurts the heart of God when he sees lives and livelihoods destroyed by floods and floods? fire and famine and pestilence and tornadoes and volcanoes and all the rest of natural disasters. See, all of this grief, all of this pain, all of this stuff that's happening, all of it is a result of sin in the world. Because this is a fallen world. It's a world that's broken, that's fallen, that's dark and black and unjust somebody says to you isn't it very unjust this word? you say yeah it is I agree totally not what God intended not what he had in mind but that's the way that it's worked out because of sin and because of Satan and so this savior of ours is well acquainted with grief he walked this earth for three and a half years he himself suffered terribly and all around him he saw the sufferings of humanity and he healed and he blessed and he helped and he touched even the very lepers what compassion and mercy he had verse 4 it says surely he has borne our griefs not just the world's but ours see how personal that becomes our griefs, our sicknesses, our pains, our hurts, our sins, our mess-ups, our blunders, our mistakes. The Bible says that we have a, a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses. He's touched with that. He feels that. He's been to this earth He's seen firsthand the weaknesses of men. He's seen what Satan has done to this world. He's seen the effects of sins right before his very eyes. It's touched him. He's seen it. He's felt it. And that's why he can say, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for I am meek and gentle in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls that's why peter could say first peter 5 and 7 casting all your care upon him for he cares for you we've got a sympathizing savior haven't we one who has walked this life who's been in this world who's took on flesh and blood And in verse 10, he has put him to grief. Think about it. Think about those three hours of darkness when Jesus was on the cross. Think about that time when all of hell was loosed against the Son of God when all of the sins of the world weighed upon his shoulders. Think about it. When the whole burden of humanity, when the full price had to be paid for our sins, when he drunk the very last dregs of the cup of suffering. You know, one time in the Garden of Gethsemane, Remember when they came to arrest Jesus and Peter took out of his sword and he cut the ear of one of the guards and Jesus says, put away your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink of the cup that the Father has given me? This is the cup he's talking about. And he drank to the very last dregs of it. Even the very sun refused to shine at that hour. And worse than that, Even his own father, God the Father, turned away and left him to die alone. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So when we talk about grief and pain and hurt, we're talking about one who felt it. More than you and I could ever feel it. Do you remember whenever Abraham and Mount Moriah, remember how he drew the knife to sacrifice his own son because God asked him to? That son of promise. And how at the very last second God spoke and says, Don't do it. For now I know you've proven yourself. But look, there's a ram caught in a thicket. Sacrifice it. But there was no reprieve for the Lamb of God on the cross. Sure there wasn't. There was no reprieve for Him that day. He was the ram caught in the thicket. He was the lamb provided by the Father. And there was no reprieve. Tens of thousands of men were crucified during that Roman occupation. Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. Sometimes there was literally hundreds on one day were crucified. Sometimes the very roads were lined with people on crosses. But not one of them was like the Son of God. Not one of them was sinless and spotless and pure and unspotted. Although many were perhaps guiltless of the charges against them, but they were still sinners by nature and sinners by birth. But not the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the one who was holy, undefiled, Separate from sinners. And yet, (laughs) the mystery of all mysteries, the wonder of all wonders, he was bruised, put to grief, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But it was for our transgressions. The chastisement of our peace was upon him with his stripes we are healed. Surely neither God nor Christ could show any more the depths of their love towards us than what they did at the cross. What more could God do to prove His love to you and to me tonight? You know, the Bible tells us whenever Jesus came to the graveside of Lazarus and He wept, The Jews said, when they saw him crying, they says, Behold how he loved him. But whenever we look up at the Son of God on the cross dying for us, we can say, Behold how he loved us tonight. Yet, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Aren't you glad tonight that the father made that choice? Aren't you glad he decided that he would not let sin go on forever, holding men in bondage throughout all eternity? And aren't you glad that when he weighed up even the very cost that it would take his own beloved son, that he still said, yes, I'll give my son. I'll not spare my only son. And that is the beauty and the wonder of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he gave everything and that the Father gave everything for you and for me tonight. That's why Ethna Murray tonight has a testimony that she has. That's why you sitting there, you listening to me, that's why you have a testimony tonight. Because it pleased the Lord to bruise him for us. What a Savior. What a wonderful, gracious Lord that we serve and that we know tonight. That old hymn writer, George Matheson, that beautiful old hymn, O love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. This was a man that had tough times. This is a man that went through dark, dark periods. I give thee back the life I owe. But in its ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. O cross that liftest up my head, I dare not ask to fly from thee. I lay in dust life's glory dead. And from the ground there blossoms red, life that shall endless be. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? And from the ground there blossoms red, life that shall endless be. When the blood of Christ flowed from his broken body, it was like whenever Moses struck that rock and outflowed water. And whenever man struck that body of Christ on the cross, outflowed the water of life. And after 2,000 years, it's still touching man and woman today, and it's still bringing life, and the blood is still cleansing. Amen. Just a short sharing tonight, but just a wee reminder of the gospel that we have got to share with others, about the Christ that we can commend to others. And like Ethna Murray, we too can say, he changed our lives. He was there for us. He spoke into our hearts one day and he turned our lives around, and if he forgave us our sins, and he gave us a whole new life to live. And thank God we're living it right now. Amen. Yes, like Athens says, we feel him. In our humanity, we feel him. But he never feels us. Sure he doesn't. And if you feel him, you dust yourself down, and you get up again, you repent, and you go on, because the blood of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, cleanses us from all sin. Glory to God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we bless you tonight that you are truly a great God. Father God, only you could have planned such a wonderful salvation for humanity. Only you would have dared to pay the price and to give and to spare not your only Son. Lord Jesus, only you would have come and paid the full price to make men free. And so we thank you that you are the life-giver tonight, and that you have given us a testimony of your grace and goodness. And we'll leave this building tonight better for coming, better for what we have heard tonight, that a woman 26 years ago met Christ as our Lord and Savior. And now she's fit and ready for eternity. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your wonderful mercy, and for your glorious gospel. Lord, help us to go out, never to be ashamed, but to share your mercies with others. In Jesus' name. Amen.